This is Rama for Today Radio. And so we need to realize that our ministry, too many times, maybe unconsciously, has fed the congregation a psychology of unbelief. Instead of talking about what they have, they talk about what they don't have. They talk about politics. Now, where did Jesus ever say, go into all the world and preach politics? He didn't. Where have you ever read that Jesus said, go into all the world and give a book review? He didn't. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Unconsciously or consciously, our ministry has fed us on a psychology of unbelief. The Word of God produces faith. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching, Growing Up Spiritually. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Reverend Hagan for today's message. You know, the Lord said to me a number of years ago, get on the radio and teach. Don't preach, teach. Now, that's the reason I spend my time on the radio teaching. Now, let's come back to Jesus and his ministry for a moment. Look at Matthew, the ninth chapter, the 35th verse. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages doing what? teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now you read through the four gospels and you'll find that every time he went into the synagogue, he always taught. Down by the seashore one day he was teaching. The crowd pushed him back to the shore. There were a couple of men that were washing and mending their nets as they'd been fishing. One of them was Simon Peter. Jesus asked if he could borrow his boat, got in it, pushed it a little away from shore, and then it says in Luke 5, 3, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, after he was baptized, that is, in water, and the Holy Ghost came upon him in the bodily form as a dove, and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted the devil. And after he came back in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, Luke 4, 15 says, And he taught, now notice that, And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Now these were the people of God of that day. The synagogue would correspond to the church house of today. Every time he went into it, he taught. The lack of right teaching is the primary reason we've failed to grow. Certainly we can study for ourselves and grow to some extent. But God also put teachers in the church to help us to grow, to feed us upon God's Word. Then another thing that has hindered our spiritual growth is the fault of inadequate teaching. The church has not majored in the things it should have. As one fellow said, she's majored in the minors. When something was taught or preached, it was something of minor importance rather than something of major importance. If you're going to grow, you'll have to be fed on the Word of God. Now the church has been strong in teaching man his need of righteousness, his weakness, and inability to please God. She has been strong in denouncing sins in the believer. She's preached against unbelief, world conformity, and lack of faith. But, dear friends, the church has been sadly lacking in bringing forth the truth of what we are in Christ and of how righteousness and faith are available. A lot of people will tell you what you need, but they won't tell you how to get it. And you're not a bit better off. It's like one man said as they went away from church. His wife noticed something was wrong with him. What's the matter? She asked. I don't know, he said. I'm disappointed and discouraged. With what? She asked. With the church, with our pastor. 
He preached on faith this morning. He quoted all those wonderful scriptures. All things are possible to him that believeth. What things shall you desire when you pray? Believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. He told us what faith would do if we had it. He told us we ought to get it, but he didn't tell us how. I'm just hanging out here and there. I know I ought to get it. I know what it would do if I had it, but I don't know how to get it. Well, you see, the real truth about this, friend, he had faith all the time. Faith to be saved. If he had been taught correctly, he would have known. He could have fed that measure of faith on God's word, and it would grow. He could use that same faith to receive healing for his body. He could use that same faith to get answers to prayer. He could use that same faith to be filled with the Holy Ghost, but he didn't know it. Now, you can't blame him, because what he heard hindered him more than it helped him. It didn't feed him. It took out of him. Well, now you can readily see that these things are the things that defeat us. And so we need to realize that our ministry, too many times, maybe unconsciously, has fed the congregation a psychology of unbelief. Instead of talking about what they have, they talk about what they don't have. They talk about politics. Now, where did Jesus ever say, go into all the world and preach politics? He didn't. Where have you ever read that Jesus said, go into all the world and give a book review? He didn't. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Unconsciously or consciously, our ministry has fed us on a psychology of unbelief. The Word of God produces faith. Listen to what God's Word has to say and walk in the light of it. Get acquainted with God through the Word. I remember one time... There was such a refined, beautiful lady that came up after the final service of one of our meetings to shake hands with us. It was the first time she'd come up during the three-week meeting. But I watched her. She sat there and listened and blossomed. Her face lit up. She said, Brother Hagin, thank you. For what, I asked? She said, for the word. You've given me back my joy of salvation. I said, well, praise the Lord. She said, I'm a visitor here. The last service that I attended in my church... I can understand, she said, that the pastor was trying to get us to pray, but instead of preaching it the right way to make us want to pray, he beat us over the head for nearly an hour. When he got through, I went to the altar, got on my knees, stuck my head on the altar, and I said, Dear God, I don't know whether I'm saved or not. I don't know whether I have anything or not. I don't know where I am or who I am. I stayed there, she said, and cried until 1.30 in the afternoon. But she said to me, You've encouraged us to pray. And I believe I'm praying more than I ever did in my life. I know I'm enjoying my fellowship with the Lord more than ever. I know I've got back the joy that I had when I was first a newborn babe. Well, now, one reason, friends, that we haven't grown is we preach to believers like they were sinners. You see, that's what happened here in this case. We treated them like they were sinners and fed them like they were sinners until we've undermined their faith. We need to present God's blessings and God's power in such a way that folks will want to do it and get so hungry they can't help but do it. If you have to force people, it isn't going to work or be much of a blessing or a benefit to them anyhow. Now, see, I'm talking about the things that uh, defeat us. Too many times, instead of talking about what we have as Christians and what belongs to us, so many times the teacher, the preacher talks about what they don't have. And so, as I said unconsciously, our ministry has fed us on a psychology of unbelief. Do you ever notice that so many of the songs that we sing are not really scriptural? Friends, I'm talking about the things that keep us from growing. Most hymns put off redemption till after death. We don't have much here. We can't expect much here. But we're going to have it after a while. We're going to have to do the best we can here. Wander around like a beggar in this old gloomy world. When we all get to heaven, it'll be different. Well, it would be different now if you'd believe God. 
Now you listen to the songs that are sung. Listen to the sermons. They tell you that we have a promise of eternal life. Now preaching that to believers. We don't have the promise of eternal life. The sinner does. We have it. Eternal life isn't something you're going to have when you get to heaven. It's something you have right now. Notice 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Now notice the present tense here. That ye have, have, have. The Bible says, 1 John three fourteen, that we have passed from death, that's spiritual death, unto life. Now, the Greek word for life is zoe. It's the same, well, there's several Greek words, but the word uh, that's translated life means different thing. But this particular one is zoe, spelled Z-O-E. It's the same word that's used in John three sixteen. that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have Zoe. Jesus said, The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come. Now what Jesus come for? I am come that they might have life. Now that's why he came. He came that we might have life. The Greek word for life here is this Zoe, Z-O-E. Zoe life. Sometimes it's translated life, sometimes eternal life, sometimes everlasting life, but it's all the same. I am come that they might have life, that they might have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. Now he said, You can have this life right now. And you can have an abundance of it. And he said that that's why he came. Now I listen to another minister preaching on the radio, telling about how we have the promise of eternal life. We're going to have it one of these days. No, if you don't have it in this life, you'll never have it in the afterlife. Romans 6.23 said, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift you receive now. You receive this life, this zoe, the life of God, the God kind of life, into your spirit, into your inward being. It changes your life. This life is the nature of God. It makes you a new creature and displaces that old nature you had on the inside of you. So you become a new man in Christ Jesus with a new nature. And as 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, Old things are past way, behold, all things have become new. But most of our hymns we sing put redemption and eternal life off until after death. We're going to have it then. We're going to have rest when we get to heaven. Do you know what the Bible teaches? It teaches that we can have rest and peace right now. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 11, chapter 28 through the 30th verses. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Now notice verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The way some people talk, I just wonder what they're yoked up with. It's always a hard luck story, always going through a trial, always having a hard time, always scraping the bottom of the barrel, or else under the barrel with the barrel on top of them. Oh, this heavy burden we have to bear. We're going to lay down our heavy burdens one day. Oh, no. Friends, you lay them down when you find Jesus. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said it's not hard, it's not burdensome, it's not heavy. What are you yoked up with? Now, unconsciously, these who talk the way I've been talking, that is, you know, I'm going to lay these heavy burdens down one of these days, and so on and so forth, talk unbelief, they've gotten yoked up with unbelief. Though they actually belong to Jesus and have been born again, they've gotten yoked up with unbelief, and their burden became heavy instead of light. They couldn't sleep. They couldn't eat. They felt like they had butterflies in their stomach. Friends, when there's rest in your soul, it will affect your body. It will affect your entire being. 
So many times they sing, we're going to have victory after a while. No, thank God we have victory right now. Notice what 1 John 5, 4 said. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We're going to be overcomers when we get to heaven. No, we're overcomers now. Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? He's on our side. We're victors. We're overcomers now. We're going to have peace with God when we get to heaven. That isn't what the Bible says. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's wonderful to have that peace. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. You can find more resources that will change your life, so visit us today at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. I'd like to tell you about this month's special offer. This package consists of the book by Kenneth E. Hagen entitled Growing Up Spiritually and the two-CD set by Ken Hagen entitled Our Rights in Christ. These great resources are at the special price of $15.95. That's $10 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rhema for Today. Now, Let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. We want to thank you that are Word Partner Club members. Now you say, well, what's a Word Partner Club member? That is somebody that sends in a monthly offering to keep this program going all over the world. And also, you pray for us on a regular basis. And so we want to thank you for that. And if you'd like to be a Word Partner, you can go to rhema.org and slash... Uh, WPC yes. and you can become a partner with us and we really thank all of you that are next week we'll start a new week of teaching with Ken Hagen growing into your destiny that's next time on Rama for today with Ken and Lynette Hagen have a great weekend